Today on Lockdown A's, I'm running down my proposal for a rule change in baseball. It weaves together the draft, the playoffs, and tanking all in one. Let's get into it, you guys. You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 399 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, I... I teased a rule change that I wanted to see implemented in the CBA. Is it going to happen? Probably not, because it's going to take a lot of getting together and meetings and, you know, a lot of people coming to the table, and that's not happening right now. But I'm going to propose my proposal anyway, see what you guys think, and let's see if we can make a legitimate, uh, you know, offer out of this. And, uh, you know, let me know where I can improve. Let me know what you like. I'm going to go over the pros and cons in segments two and three, and then uh, we'll go from there, call it a day, and we'll move on to episode 400, the next one coming in your feeds. We're going to be celebrating a big milestone for the podcast and a big milestone for somebody in Ace history. So uh, definitely subscribe to the podcast when you can. Um, yeah, also thank you guys so much for making Locked On As your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Um, one of those platforms, YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, hello, how's it going? Um, comment down below, do some things. I'll, I'll give you guys some prompts a little bit later on the show, but we're also available on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But let's get into my proposal, and that is why you guys tuned in today. And uh, if you guys have been paying attention uh, to some of the discussions that have been happening with the CBA over the past few months or listen to the last episode of this podcast, you are aware that expanded playoffs could be on the horizon. I gave my take for why that is in yesterday's show, but what if there is a way to expand the playoffs but not dilute the field in October? You probably think of Jason, that's insane. I got you covered. Here we go. This is basically what my idea is trying to do while addressing a number of other facets that aren't going well in today's game. A lot of things that writers are writing like, oh, this needs to be fixed. I'm trying to fix those things. So here we go. If you're familiar with the NIT tournament in college basketball, this will sound familiar. And if you're not familiar with the NIT tournament, uh, I, I also don't know a ton about it except for the basic gist. So I don't know the ins and outs. So you're not missing much. It was just my inspiration. And what I think it is, is kind of the basis for what my idea is. And the idea that I had is basically to create a separate playoff bracket like the NIT tournament when you're you're basically not in the actual postseason where you're going for a World Series championship in this. You're not buying for a World Series title, but you're still involved in games that matter to the fan base and the franchise. Uh, the four teams to not qualify for the postseason, regardless of which league they are in. So we are going by record would be entered in this NIT base this NIT tournament uh, based on their records during the regular season. This is basically my idea. 
Uh, you take the four teams with the best records in baseball that did not make the playoffs, regardless of which league, and you throw them in their own NIT-style tournaments, and uh, you, you let them fight it out because, hey, that sounds like fun, right? In 2021, those teams would have been the Toronto Blue Jays with 91 wins, the Seattle Mariners with 90 wins, the A's with 86 wins, and then the Cincinnati Reds with 83 wins. How they're bracketed doesn't really matter to me. Is it one versus four? I, I don't care. It's those four teams make it to a version of the playoffs, but they can't necessarily be contending for a World Series championship. Uh, it could be Toronto against Cincinnati and Seattle and Oakland, you know, the 1-4-2-3 the matchups, or the uh, top two teams could pick their opponents. It does not matter to me. I guess that would just be the top team picking their own opponent. Uh, but the, the main part of this is that those four fan bases, plus any other teams within striking distance that could have a chance at winning 83 games and being that fourth team in this NIT-style tournament, uh, would be invested until this in this season that we just had until the very end of the season because there are stakes at the end of the season, even if you're not going to be vying for a World Series championship. And what would they be challenging for? This is probably something that you're asking yourself. Well, the winning team gets the first pick in the following year's June draft. That is what is at stake. Uh, it could be a two-team playoff, or it could be a two-game playoff system where uh, it, you could play it on off days for the playoffs so that you're not missing out on any playoff action. There is baseball for you every day, just like there is during the regular season. Or it could be before games on slow days where, you know, when they're doing the days off switch, maybe you play them, you know, a little bit earlier in the postseason, do it that way. Basically, however baseball wanted to fit this tournament in, it does not matter as long as it got played. That's all. That's all that matters to me. And probably you want to do it earlier in the in the postseason uh, just because you want to get these players home to their families as well. You don't want them just sitting around for a couple of weeks waiting to play a baseball game. Uh, and you could go with two single elimination games. This is just how I'm theorizing it. It could be more games if you want, but it, it leads into one of my cons in segment three. So two single elimination games is where I'm starting. It could be a three-game series. doesn't really matter. But the two winners in those games would play each other for the chance to have the first overall pick in the June draft, and then the two losing clubs would play for the third and fourth pick in the June draft. Uh, those four teams would basically get the first four picks uh, in, in the draft and then would be ranked on how they finish in the NIT tournament. That's that's basically how I how I envision it is. Uh, say, say the A's won their game, they would get the first overall pick. Or if they lost both of their games, they would get the fourth overall pick in the June draft. I think that it's a, a decent idea, and I know that this is probably not going to happen because it's a little it's a little out there. I admit that, uh, but I think that this tournament would achieve a few different things. First off, it would increase fan engagement towards the end of the regular season. And instead of just not making the playoffs at all, uh, the fans get something to cheer for after a pretty good season, one that they're not quite going to be in the postseason, but they, they get something to cheer for. And it'd be something down the line, but it's still something that keeps them engaged over a longer stretch of time. And that's got to be something that baseball would like, right? Uh, secondly, it should help curb some of the tanking that we've seen across and across baseball and increased spending on the free agent market. Um, and basically, if you think that you can craft together a, a team that can win 83 games, then 
why, why not do it? You would get the first overall pick, potentially, or at least a top four pick, whereas all of, I don't really care how the rest of the draft goes. It could be the teams that made the playoffs get the next picks. It could be the teams that, you know, that had the worst records get picks five through whatever. Doesn't matter to me. But the top four picks should be for the teams that just missed the playoffs. And that's something that uh, I, I feel like I believe in. I feel like if you're trying and you just missed, hey, why not supplement their farm system just a little bit? Uh, maybe you can keep some teams together. And uh, third, that, that, that leads me to my third point here. The two teams that would have made it uh, in 2021, uh, two, two of the teams, you got the A's and the Reds, and they are both teams that uh, have been pretty decent for a few seasons, didn't quite break through, but they're going to be selling off key pieces this winter that the Reds already have been doing it, you know, in, in doses. And uh, they're probably not going to re-sign Nick Castellanos, so they're not going to be a very good team next year. And the A's are rumored to be trading uh, the Mats and Chris Bassett and Chaminai and Frankie Montas and maybe Sean Murphy and, you know, basically everybody. So would getting a top pick or a reason to be good again potentially keep these teams together? I think that it might. I think that it maybe these teams wouldn't go as deep into a rebuild as uh, as they would otherwise, as they probably are now. Maybe this would help keep a couple of players in these markets and these fans engaged for 2022 and beyond, as opposed to being like, ah, well, uh, the A's are going to rebuild again. I guess I'll catch them in three or four years, and then we'll see what they're up to. So I think that having that better pick would incentivize ownership to at least try to put a better a better team on the field. And to get there, if you have like maybe a roughly 500 team, why not go sign that guy that's going to give you a two or a three win season and pay him a decent amount of money to do it more than he would probably usually get now? Uh, I think that that would be something that would help out baseball as well. I'm sure that the players would be on board with their middle tier guys getting just a little bit more money. But uh, coming up on the show, I am going to be going over the pros and cons of this idea but first, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. And that is Built Bar, my friends, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high, and I mean super high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. And because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flair, about their favorite flavors, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. So if you want to cause a ruckus at your family festive gathering, all you got to do is go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter as well. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. Also, thank you so much one more time for making a Lockdown A's your first lesson of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. And uh, if, if you don't like YouTube, subscribe on your favorite platform that provides you with podcasts and just do the little do a little thing. It takes, it's what, two clicks? Two clicks. Maybe one click if you already found this. One click. 
subscribe to the podcast. Uh, but first up, let's go over some of the pros of this idea that I had uh, at the top of the list. I think that this is good for the fans. Giving us something to root for, even if it's not a championship, is important. It keeps fans engaged. It keeps me engaged. I know the draft isn't an exact science, so the reward isn't necessarily like, oh, you get LeBron James or the next Mike Trout uh, with the number one overall pick. But I would wager that we'd all like uh, more number one picks than not number one picks. So having it would be cool. Whether or not it pans out, it's about the journey, not the destination, right? <laughs> uh, I think that this is uh, also a way to increase interest in the in the draft because not a lot of people pay attention to the draft, mostly because there are so many friggin' players. Uh, and I am admittedly not huge on, on the MLB draft because there are so many players. And uh, when a player is picked, it's not always based on talent. There's like some other stuff going along there. there there's money involved that could drop a player uh, to the middle of the first round or later, while a decent but safe player that will cost, cost a little bit less and fit into a team's draft plan a little bit because there's a, a, you know, a cap on how much they can spend over the entire draft, that, that player could be taken number one instead. So it's, it's a weird, weird time, that MLB draft. It's not necessarily like if Mike Trout is the best player, he's going to go number one. It's, hey... Can team number one, can can the franchise afford them with the, all of the other things that they want to do during the draft? And then they try to figure it out money-wise from there. But other than that, drafts are super fun. Love drafts. And if the A's won a mini tournament to be given the number one pick, I'd definitely be tuning in uh, to see who they could be taking and who they ended up taking. And I may even go to some games uh, to, to, to watch that guy play because I'd be more invested in, you know, a couple of players at the very least. Uh, now that Major League Baseball owns Minor League Baseball too, drumming up interest would be good for them as well. You, you help, just more tickets, more tickets, and then everything is just better. Uh, next up on the list, this would hopefully lead to more money being spent on free agents, especially those not marginal talents, but like the guys in the middle of the pack, because you, you get th those middle guys that give you those two to three wins a season, because that could be the difference between being in and being out of the running for the number one overall pick. And I think that that is a, a big, big difference. If you're going from like one through four to like 15 or 16, why not spend that extra $2 million? I think that it would be not bad. And you kind of make it up in the back end during the draft because the draft is weird. Um, so that is that would be nice. Uh, the top guys in baseball are still getting paid, but if you're Mark Canna and uh, are, are you getting paid what you were actually worth to a baseball franchise? Probably not. So maybe those Mark Cannas could get a two-year $40 million deal as opposed to two and 26 because of the value that he brings because he is an on-base machine when he's healthy. So um, that, I think that this would help with that as well. And finally, because if this one didn't happen, it probably wouldn't even matter. The owners would make more money too. Uh, extra gate revenue, which is nice. Extra playoff TV money, which is better. And if there's increased interest in your team year after year without having to make huge expenditures, that could lead to an even bigger TV contract, which would be the best gift anybody could give to a billionaire. Feels like everybody should be on board, right? Right? It feels like those are enough pros going for this idea to make it work out for the players, the owners, the fans. It feels like everybody wins 
from this deal. Coming up, I'm going to be going over some of the cons of this idea, though. Uh, but first, Bet Online has you covered for all season, all season, with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march towards the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. That is one word, all caps, locked on. From basketball to football to the NHL to boxing and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports, and that's because bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So on the negative side of this deal are two factors that I could think of. The first and arguably the most important would be getting the players to buy in and provide a good product for these extra games. They're not winning a World Series, so why would they care? I guess is really the, the issue here. And they they would probably rather be with their families or starting their vacations after a long 162-game season. The prize at the end of the tunnel is geared more for the fans. Everybody's fine. Uh, for the fans and the organization, and uh, not necessarily for the players. Do you think that the players would care if they got the number one overall pick for John Fisher? I don't care about getting the number one overall pick for John Fisher, but I'm an A's fan and I would like the, the number one overall pick to be won by the players on the field. I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, they wouldn't be around to meet the guy that they drafted anyway. Uh, so why, why would they give a damn is <laughs> basically point number one. And it is a very A-centric point of view, but at the same time, meh. I mean, maybe, you know, Buster Posey would try his butt off if he wasn't retired for the Giants or uh, Brett Gardner, I guess. Who's like Mr. Yankee now other than Aaron Judge? Because he'll probably be around, but he's not like rah-rah necessarily. Um, Yadier Molina. That, there's another one. Somebody to whip the, whip the soldiers into shape. Um, I just don't know that it would work for every franchise without a, you know, cornerstone piece to you know, really get everybody on the same page. But so on that end, there could be, you know, small playoff shares or something like that to help sweeten the pot. Uh, may maybe some sort of incentive that would be added for the players. Uh, money would probably be a good idea. Here's $50,000 for one game. Have fun. Um, something to that, to that end, I assume would get the players on board a little bit. Um, but you'd have to work on something. Talk to pull a bunch of players, see what they want to land this draft pick. Uh, the second con that I can think of is that not all teams play an even schedule since so many games are intra-divisional games these days. Uh, what We play everybody in the division like 19 times. That's half the schedule. Um, that doesn't seem fair to some divisions. Like, for example, the AL East had four teams over 90 wins in 2021, and the NL East had zero. So that's strange. And sure, they got the, the, the AOE's got to beat up on the Baltimore Orioles a bunch, like a lot. 
But at the same time, the, the Braves wouldn't have made it. And the they, they were facing, you know, guys, or, you know, teams that were roughly 500, maybe a little bit worse. And then the Marlins, um, whereas everybody in the AL East was facing a bunch of teams over 90 wins. And then the really, really bad Baltimore Orioles. Um, I know that the Braves went on to win the World Series, so I'm not trying to crap on either division. But uh, they, they were they were in the actual dance. They, they won the division because somebody has to win the division. So uh, would it matter for the Phillies? Should the Phillies have been in? Probably not. Uh, the AL Central are, are usually the main culprits of scooping up wins against inferior competition because it feels like there's one good team while the other four teams in that division just kind of suck. Uh, they, they rotate year after year, but... Usually, there's one good team, and you can kind of pick who that team's going to be at the beginning of the season, and then they're going to win by 10 games or 7 games. They're going to win a handily. They're going to have it wrapped up by the middle of September. They'll be fine. And uh, so getting an even playing schedule would probably be a nice thing, and I could see that being a little bit of a hiccup in instituting this plan. Um, and another one could be, potentially, uh, the, the timing of when you institute this idea uh, would always be a little bit odd. Like if they, they're not going to do it, but if they, if they instituted it in 2022, the Detroit Tigers seem like a team that are on the rise and they could be one of those clubs that gets like 84 wins and misses the playoffs. So they would most likely be in this tournament if, if they, you know, missed the playoffs and got 84 wins and kind of hit where people are thinking they're going to be. They're not quite at their peak yet, but they're still ascending because they're they're a decent team with some good pitching and whatnot. Should they be rewarded for hitting their upswing at the right time and get the first overall pick after having top five picks in each of the last four drafts? Is that something that should happen? You might have to just bite that bullet, honestly. Uh, and... Two of those picks that they had in the top five were number one overall selections. Casey Mize and Spencer Torkelson. Uh, seems like they've hit on both. Um, so there, there are little things that they would have to work out logistically. But overall, I think that there, there's a way to make it work. Um, and, you know, uh, overall, this is this is my idea. And this is terrifying to say on social media. But what do you think? Do you think that it's something that you're, is it at least intriguing? That's all. Is it going to be a rule that ever gets instituted by baseball? Probably not. No. But am I trying to have fun and think outside of the box? Yes. Does it work? I guess is the, uh, is my question. Does this plan work? What would need to be fine-tuned? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? Um, let me know down in the comments if you guys are on YouTube. Um, it, if you have any other pros and cons, leave them down in the comments. Uh, you can also tweet them at us at LockedOnAs on Twitter. Uh, coming up tomorrow, it is episode 400. So uh, we're going to go over a very, very special player in A's history. And I have talked about them before on, they were A's? So that's, that's your hint on who we're talking about. And if you didn't catch the, they were A's series last year uh, during quarantine, when we had no baseball to talk about, you know, like now, uh, I did a series for a week on big players that played for the A's. And you're like, wait, they did? Uh, like Ina Slaughter, I believe, was one of them. And there, there were some other ones. Shoeless Joe Jackson, another one. Players in history. So look in your A's history book. Think of what we're talking about. And maybe you'll put together who will be a main talk 
topic of conversation on tomorrow's podcast. Also tell you guys more about the Rule 5 draft because the minor league portion happened on Thursday. Wednesday. What day is today? It happened on Wednesday. <laughs> so I'll tell you guys who the A's got and who, uh, who the A's lost in the Rule 5 draft. So that's all coming up for you guys later this week. But that is all that I got for you today. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. And thank you so much again for making Locked on A's your first listen of the day. Now go make Sully your second lesson of the day. He's always blabbering about something. He's he's a good time over at Locked On MLB. So make sure to subscribe to Locked On MLB wherever you listen to this podcast. If you're on YouTube, go follow Sully on YouTube. If you're on Apple or Spotify, go follow Sully at Locked On MLB on those platforms. But uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland. And I'll talk at you tomorrow. Mm-hmm.